When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. G'day guys, welcome back to the Pelican Scoop, a hoop-ball.com presentation. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank, at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter, at Hoopball Pills is the show. I am joined by a very special guest today. It is Christian Clark from NOLA.com. Christian, how are you going? Thanks for joining us. Hey man, I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm still on a little bit of a high after game five uh, last night over here. I was just an incredible game, man. Oh, it was Something else. I mean, this whole series has just been an absolute roller coaster. But uh, yeah, the game, game five yesterday. Oh, I mean, that final couple of minutes. What were your thoughts? What were your takes? Did you see stuff? Hey. Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought like Phoenix shot the absolute lights out in the first quarter. Um, you know, I was I was really sitting there wondering, like, oh man, can Milwaukee really withstand this? Like, I mean a team pretty much played a, a perfect quarter of basketball offensively on their home floor. Their fans were going nuts and they withstood it. I mean, it, it was um, pretty special stuff. I thought um, Drew's defense, you know, and Chris Paul, I think has really changed this series in a lot of ways. And, you know, the play where he ripped the ball from Devin Booker and threw it up to Giannis for the hoop. That was like one of the coolest plays I've ever seen in a finals. That was incredible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Watching that. And then you saw Devin Booker come off the, um, come off the screen and hit that fadeaway three. And all of a sudden it's back to three with, I don't know, it was about a minute and a half to go. Oh, it was just shot for shot down the stretch and like just two teams that were absolutely exhausted, absolutely leaving it all out there. And, um, you know, that's what you like to see. And there's been a lot of criticism, I suppose. There's been a, a sport, so, sort of undertone about, oh, well, you know, the big teams aren't in there. There's no LeBron or there's no, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard or Steph Curry and, there was this, this talk that the, the finals weren't going to be any good. Well, I think we've probably proved the doubt is wrong. I think ratings are up and uh, it's been really, really exciting. Um, the crowd, you made mention of that. I mean, we saw that with the um, w- when there was that foul. Uh, I think it was, oh, Mikhail Bridges might have fouled uh, PJ Tucker at that point. And then Booker went up and dunked it and Giannis pushed him out of the air and didn't even hear the first foul. I thought we were going back for a... Uh, Hey, um, uh, what was it? A flagrant foul, but no, it was just play on and, and we were into it. Um, who do you think gets hold of it in the last couple of games? Do we get to a game seven? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I do think we're going to get to a game seven um, because I think as good as Milwaukee has been, um, 
I think, you know, their three stars all had incredible games in, in game five. And I just, I just don't know that all three of them can be that good again. I don't know. I mean, I, I thought assuming Giannis was healthy, which was a big question mark, which is crazy to think about even now, because we're all thinking like, Oh, Giannis, like he's definitely going to be hobbled. Not the case at all. But I thought assuming Giannis was healthy, this was going to go seven. Um, it was going to be a very close series. So I guess I'm going to stick with it and and say it's going to go seven. Oh, we are. <laughs> I hope so. Cause um, yeah, I'm loving it. And then you realize that after the last two games that we got, no basketball, I guess, until the Olympics fires up in well, another week. And then, um, well, if we can, hopefully it all gets the green light to keep going the way it's all sort of unfolding over there as well with the coronavirus. And um, yeah, who knows how that's all going to play out. But uh, looking forward to the Olympics. You've been following along the uh, the international basketball at all with the, uh, with the Olympic uh, sort of pre-game, uh, pre-exhibition? I have. I watched both of Team USA's losses. Uh, how many guys do they have now? Uh, four or five? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's been tough for you know my guys so far. Uh, they just got JaVale McGee, so everything's fine. Yeah, I saw, <laughs> saw them call the cavalry in, so um, you know, you got to bring the big guns in. I'm surprised he wasn't there in the beginning. Um, but uh, you know, there's still guys like, well, Middleton's coming across and Drew Holiday, I think Devin Booker maybe as well. And, you know, so as much as these uh, warm-ups were uh, important, you know, I, I don't think until they get over there and, and start stomping some other teams and get the confidence back and get the mojo going, I think USA is going to be all right. I think Australia's sort of, uh, we're a bit more up and about than we probably should be. And, uh, I mean, confidence is key, isn't it? But um We'll see what happens when we actually start playing for medals and the like. Um, we sacked the coach. We're gonna we're gonna change speed a little bit. We we sacked uh, Stan Van Gundy um, after one year, signed a four year deal in the off season. I think he well he'd only just signed in October or something last year. And we had you on so we're saying off camera in December, and so we hadn't seen much of him at that point. Um, what we, do you think it was the right uh, idea to sack Stan? Yeah, he lasted a whole eight months in the job. Uh, <laughs> um, man, um, honestly, the conversations I've had, you know, a little bit before he was let go afterwards, I do think it was the right decision to let him go. I think that, you know, I think there were management had conversations with the players. They got their pulse on, you know, playing for Stan Van Gundy. And I think the players, you know, for the most part, did not enjoy it at all. Um I think that Stan really struggled to connect with guys who, you know, are, are in the early twenties quite a bit. I think that, you know, this season, it was so difficult from the perspective of constant testing. And like a lot of these guys couldn't really have a social life because of the pandemic over here and Stan is very demanding and can be grading. And so I think the combination of all that was, they just, I mean, they just didn't really vibe with him at all. Um, and you know, honestly, part of that I do put on the players because I, I do think they need to toughen up, but it's like, okay, well, are we going to change like, you know, the vast majority of our players? I mean, for example, Brandon Ingram and Stan Van Gundy, they did not see eye to eye. There was, there was definitely friction there. I mean, are we going to get rid of Brandon Ingram and keep Stan Van Gundy? I mean, obviously, no. I mean, it's the other way around. So I think that's what happened. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. I think you hit the nail on the head with the combination of he's probably an abrasive personality and then you're living and breathing in, e- in each other's pockets the whole time. You know, what was it? They had to get up and have a COVID test at 7 or 8 a.m. every day, then you go home and you're sort of just waiting again to go back and either have your pre-game or go have a shoot around or something like that or play a game. It sounds like it was just an absolutely grueling experience for the players. I mean, I know they get they get paid well, but it's still, I don't know, eight months of your life that you're pretty much just living, breathing your job. I know I probably couldn't do that if I was doing it uh, day in, day out. I don't think many people could. Um, so we have finally agreed to find a coach. They sacked him, what, after six weeks into the off-season, which I thought was a little bit late, but, you know, I suppose you get that, let the front office uh, and the powers that be do their job. And we've landed on Willie Green, the assistant coach for the Phoenix Suns. Um, Bit of, I suppose, NOLA connection. He was out here, well, 2012 or maybe, uh, I think thereabouts, he played out here. And and then from there, uh, yeah, he's jumped into the coaching role and won a couple of rings with the Warriors, and and now trying for a third with the uh, with the Phoenix Suns. What are your takes on uh, Willie Green? Was it a a good selection? What do you reckon? Yeah, so I did not know that much about Willie Green to be perfectly honest with you before. You know, I kind of heard, I guess, two weeks ago or so that hey, they're seriously considering Willie Green. Uh, yeah, second round pick back in two thousand three. He did play one season with the New Orleans Hornets, 2010, 2011. It's kind of funny looking back in that season. That was Chris Paul's last season with the Hornets. That was Monty Williams' first season. So they all, you know, kind of intersected in New Orleans. Um, And obviously they're all, you know, with the Phoenix Suns now. Um, But, 
you know, I think when I look at Willie Green's two predecessors, I think Alvin Gentry was an incredible people person, great at relationships, the human element. I don't know how detail oriented he was, how willing to like drill players, especially young players on, you know, like the basics and the fundamentals. And here's our base defense. We're going to do this until we get it right. Whereas Stan Van Gundy, I think had the opposite problem in a lot of ways. Like he was very willing to do that and could be so demanding. Sometimes players tuned him out. And I don't know that he had the people skills, you know, to be demanding with, without getting tuned out. So, you know, the idea is hopefully Willie Green can kind of be a happy medium between those two guys of, you know, get these guys to play consistently harder, smarter basketball. But, you know, he's not – they're not going to just not listen to him because, you know, he's shouting 24-7 and it just becomes white noise at some point. Yeah, well, I like that. And, and you know, I suppose being a little bit younger, being what, 39, I think he is, and, um, you know, being able to connect with the players like that, that's what they all were raving about in the uh, – I know the Suns guys were talking about it. Chris Paul saying it was his his brother and, and Devin Booker saying he's deserved it. And, and um, you know, they're right behind him in, in that. Um, I think I saw somewhere that they, they all came out at half court and celebrated him at one of the uh, shoot-arounds before uh, – I think it was before game four or game five. And, um, you know, so they're all really happy for him. And, and, and that's a testament to the character that the guy is. So if he can come in and build those relationships with these younger guys, relate to them, he's been a, a role player. He's been a starter. He, I've heard that uh, uh, that quote from him on, on one of the other podcasts he did. Um, it's just, it, it's good to see that they're making the right decision. Hopefully that he can manage the uh, the front office as well because obviously David Griffin likes to pull his strings and um and get involved so how do you think he'll interact with that front office do you think he has the uh, the ability to do so yeah I mean that's that's one of the biggest questions about this hire I will say this um Willie Green knows the problems that his predecessors are had like he's going into this with wide eyes wide open that you know David Griffin is a guy who likes to have a lot of control um, you know, people who've worked with him have said that he can be difficult to work with. Um, you know, I think he's a smart guy, but he, he wants to have a lot of control. Um, and I think Willie Green has definitely been made aware of that um, and clearly thinks that that's something he's okay with. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're spot on that that's been, you know, a source of tension and frustration with both Alvin Gentry and Stan Van Gundy. They just were not comfortable with the level of control that, that David Griffin and his front office wanted to have day-to-day operations so hopefully I guess Willie Green is cool with it being uh more collaborative because I I don't think David Griffin is is changing on that front to be honest yeah no I don't think he's gonna (laughs) I don't think he's gonna let go at all and no doubt he's found someone that uh that he's probably addressed that with and said well this is the level of uh I suppose involvement that I want to have and and he's going to have to just deal with it. But uh, if they can work together, you know, I think that needs to be the the goal is that everyone's on the same page. You know, in David Griffin's, one of his press conferences, he's like, oh, we're still trying to work out a strategy and, and the way forward. And, you know, while, I mean, that's frustrating for Pels fans because you're sitting there going, well, we've had Zion now for two years. What is the, <laughs> let's get a, let's get a plan in, in place. But if everyone can uh, sort of, work towards the same goal and, and be on the same page. I think that has to be the uh, the goal. And, and hopefully Willie Green can grow as a coach as, as the players grow together and, and we build this sort of tight-knit, good, uh, inclusive and, and winning culture. I think that has to be the, the plan this year. Um, what do you foresee for the rest of the offseason? 
I mean, obviously, free agency and the draft are coming up. Um, pick 10 is sitting uh, with the Pels at the moment. Uh, what do you think there? Do we do we keep that pick or are we, are we sending it off somewhere else? Yeah, so right now I would bet on the Pelicans moving that pick to um, acquire, you know, a player or two who could, could help them win right away. Um, I think that's, that's definitely where I'd put my money right now. Um, I mean, I think they definitely, you know, could make that pick. David Griffin is not a guy who just makes deals to make deals. Like I think that's one of the few things he's actually, actually done really well in charge of the Pelicans. He's gotten good value back for when he has made trades. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think everyone, in the organization up and down, they realized that now is the time to press the gas pedal a little bit. Like there is real urgency to improve next year. You know, after, you know, they, they brought in a new head coach, they changed up the roster and the roster was, or the record was almost identical to the last season under under Alvin Gentry. When I think they realized we got to show something here, like now is the time. So I think that's kind of guiding my thinking and, and why the pick probably gets moved. Yeah, well, hopefully they uh, they find someone that can move the needle a little bit, or even if it's a guy that a good locker room guy or like a three and D wing. I think that has to be one of the priorities. Uh, a couple of big contracts: Eric Bledsoe and Stephen Adams. Um, earlier on in the season, Stephen Adams was one of our best, and then sort of slowed down a little bit with the development of of Jackson Hayes and and you know uh, Billy Hernan Gomez just arriving, um, which was which was fantastic. Took the stress off him a little bit. Do you think we hold on to those guys or are they getting uh, they getting shipped out? So I would expect Bledsoe to be on the move. I mean, honestly, I don't even know how you could bring him back after what, you know, the season that he just had. Um, to me, it looked like he was mailing in a lot of games. Um, he clearly tuned Stan Van Gundy out quite a bit. Um, I mean, I just, I just don't think you could bring him back. I mean, he just had a horrible season and I don't think he brought, you know, what, what David Griffith expected in the leadership department. Um, Steven Adams, I think is a little more of a question mark. I mean, I would, I would, I expect Derek Watson to be another team next season. I'm not, um, as sure about Steven Adams. I mean, I think maybe they look to explore that. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not positive on that one. I mean, I definitely expect Bledsoe to be on a different team though. It was frustrating from, from Eric Bledsoe because you know, that his resume has, has been pretty solid and you know the second team all defense we've all hyped on that okay we flipped him for another guy that's uh, been a fantastic defender in drew holiday that probably won the game from uh for the milwaukee bucks yesterday yesterday um frustrating uh to say the least and i think that that quote you you where he was saying he's tuned stan van gundy out and you know um that was that play what was it against the knicks and he uh game was it and he didn't uh, he was meant to foul and he just didn't foul and all of a sudden uh yeah i think it was the Knicks, and they hit the three because lonzo missed the rotation and uh it was just no good and i thought that was the defining sequence of the season that game against the Knicks in april with they're up three eight seconds to go stan van gundy mm-hmm. tells him we're gonna intentionally foul guys we're up three like who cares if they make two free throws intentionally foul we'll win this game and eric bledsoe just doesn't listen to him it was just Oh, devastating it's all these old wounds they're just getting opened back up every time we talk about it it is uh there's too many of these games that were just head scratches where we just threw them away and i think that has to be harped on this year is closing games whether that's a fitness thing or that's a rotational thing or there needs to be buy-in from the players and i mean if if the leaders in the locker room like the older guys the vets you know if they're not buying in 
how can we expect these 18, 19 year olds to do it? Because you're sitting there going, well, he's 32 and he won't do anything. So I think they need to get some real uh, guys that leave from the front, you know, a Willie Green type that's a good locker room guy. So another guy like that, um, you know, we got rid of Etwan Moore, I think that was probably one of those guys previously. Um, James Johnson seemed to have done that role a little bit this year, which was good, but obviously he came in a little bit too late in the season. Um, do you think he hangs around or, or do we get rid of James Johnson? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Um, I think it could go either way. I think they would like him back. Um, I mean, I, I think they, they liked just, you know, the toughness. Um, he, you know, I think that's the thing too. We kind of learned last year is like not every veteran is going to come into a situation where it's a young, you know, team that that's probably not going to make the playoffs and just, give consistent effort night in and night out. I mean, Eric Bledsoe was a prime example. Just the effort level was not where you wanted it. I mean, I think that's what they really liked about James Johnson. It's like, all right, regardless of circumstance, like I'm just going to play really hard when I'm in there. So I think, you know, for that reason, I think, you know, maybe they would want him back. Yeah, I like that. Um, it was like that as soon as he came in. And I think people started liking him because he actually looked like he cared. You know, he actually wanted to play basketball. And I think that's what um, – every fan and I suppose even the other, even the rest of the team sort of bought into and you could see it and almost momentum change when he came in because the mentality changed. All right, well, James is in now. If he's going to play hard at 34, well, I suppose we better start doing something as well. So I like that. And hopefully we do. If we can get him on a a friendly deal, it'd be pretty good. Or um, if he is, I don't even know if he's still under contract issue, but uh, I hope so that we can hold on to him. Um, the big question mark is the Lonzo Ball contract. Um, he is sitting there, what, restricted free agent. Uh, the rumours are rife as to what's going to happen with him. Um, are we going to re-sign him or are we shipping him off? Or Who knows? Like, what, what's your take on all the, the Lonzo Ball drama? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the Lonzo Ball news cycle, it's it's kind of been the same for, for months now. It's been you know, a similar version of the same thing. Um, I don't, I think the Pelicans like him as a player. I don't know that they love him. I just, I just don't get the sense that the Pelicans, you know, want to pay him $20 million a year or, you know, an offer that I, I feel like, you know, one of these teams in restricted free agency might pony up. I mean, I think if he's gettable on the right price, then they would like to have him back. I just, I just don't think they want to pay you know, huge money for Lonzo, who is undeniably improved when he's been in New Orleans. Um, I think, you know, you can point to the inconsistency um, is, you know, one of the factors why the Pels might not feel comfortable, you know, really, really committing there. But I think for the right price, I'd like to have him back. I just, I just don't think that the right price in their eyes is going to be there. Surely someone's going to throw a max or near max deal at him. And it's going to be a tough conversation that the front office and decision that they're going to have to make. So whether or not they hold on to him. Um, at the end of the day, you've got to do what's right for the for the franchise. And if you, if you don't see him becoming that third star, well, we've got to just move him on and, and see if we can swing him for someone else or uh, maybe a sign and trade or something like that that we could uh, we could bring in someone else. Perhaps Colin Sexton, he looked like a guy that uh, has been rumoured to come. What do you think of him? Do you think there's any merit to that uh, that rumour that we might go after him? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard a little of that smoke. Um, mm. You know, I probably enough that I think it is uh, interesting and like worth thinking about. Um, 
you know, Colin Sexton is obviously a talented scorer, can, can get buckets at all three levels. Um, very, you know, he plays hard um, all the time, which I think, you know, the Pelicans, like they could use a guy like that for sure. Um, to me, that's just another one where it just comes down to the money because if, if Colin Sexton wants like max money or something close to it, it's like, well, I'm not sure that I would want a player like that. You know, I'm not sure that I would want to like commit something close to max space for Colin Sexton. Um, but, you know, I think he's a nice player for sure. So that's just kind of one of those where it comes down to like, what does he want? Yeah, no, I agree with that. And if it's a max deal, I don't think you you go near it. I think you've already got Lonzo Ball. If you're going to pay him max, you've got a different sort of skill set there with a guy that's already accustomed to playing with the team. Um, I think, yeah, it, it, there's always there has to be a cap on a guy like that, particularly because he's unproven. You know, he's he's not he hasn't been an all star. He hasn't really broken any uh, any uh, barriers on his actual game himself. You know, he, he is what he is at the moment, and and as to whether or not that improves or maybe his jump shooting improves uh, anymore. Well, I, I don't know. Um, so it's an interesting thing, but there is a lot of smoke floating around with the Pels. There always is. They try to get involved um, with just about everything. Oh, Pels are interested. Pels are interested. I say that all the time on Twitter. Um, there's a few big names that they're talking about, like Damian Lillard. Is there, do you think there's any anything behind going after a Damian Lillard? Could, could Pelicans swing for it? Oh man. Um, I, I think Dame would be incredible here. I mean, I would, I would move heaven and earth to get him if I was David Griffin. Um, I guess my question is, you know, would Damian Lillard want to come here? Because we've seen a lot of these guys, even when they're going to get traded, they have some input over their next destination. Um, and two is, is if, you know, Dame asked for trade, is Portland going to, I guess, receive his input or like listen to his input because he's got what three, four years left in that deal. He just signed it pretty recently. It's like, you know, a guy that just signed a, a deal. It's like, are you going to listen to him on where he wants to be next? But I mean, obviously the Pels should do anything they can. And I mean, in my humble opinion, I think anything besides Zion Williamson, you know, that should be on the table to go get a guy like that. But uh, I just, I just don't know if Dame views this as like, an upgrade if he came here, even if, even if it was the play with Sion. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the question, isn't it? Do you go from a, a situation where you've been competing, well, landing fourth seed, but maybe not making as much um, noise in the actual playoffs as you'd like to come to a place that has, is unproven. I guess it's a big question mark. Are you going back with another team that perhaps isn't playoff material at all? We don't know yet. Yeah. You know, until next season where the guys start putting it all together. Well, I mean, I think if you get Dame Lillard, you're probably fairly certain to make it. But, um, you know, I agree. I think everything, it needs to be pushing the uh, the whole, all of the chips into the middle besides Zion Williamson. You keep that in your pocket because you want to go home with something. But otherwise, uh, yeah, you're uh, you're swinging. You're swinging for the fences with him. Um, this offseason, yeah, is a big one. You know, where the clock's ticking, I guess. You know, you hear these rumblings about, Zion's family being unhappy and, um, you know, it's, which is up concerning. Um, I mean, obviously it's his family. It's not, hasn't come out of from him from all reports. It's, it's just the, the smoke that's surrounding it. Um, do we view this as a, do we view him as a flight risk? I, I mean, is there any chance that he just says, nah, I'm going and pulls an AD and he's out the door? Or do you think um, there's a bit more 
uh, I suppose, conjecture around it that he's just going to be here and it's just his family carrying on. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a pivotal season when it, when it comes to that topic and that discussion. Um, year one, that was not really the Pell's fault. I mean, that was just bad luck. You know, Zion missed most of that year with the knee injury, showed back up in the bubble when they had a chance to make the playoffs. He was overweight. It went terribly. They fired Alvin Gentry. Year two, Zion was absolutely incredible. David Griffin did not put the right pieces around him. And it's like now already in year three, we've only really got healthy Zion for one season. Um, you know, I think the, the front office is feeling some pressure of like, okay, we got to show real progress right now. Um, you know, we've, we've got to accelerate the timeline a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a huge season in, in terms of that. Um, and they've, they've got to show improvement or it, it might not be uh, very fun around here next year. <laughs> yeah, you know, it could be, uh, it could be a few people's uh, jobs on the line. Um, I don't think Willie Green's going to be the one. I think it'll be <laughs> the guys that hired him. But uh, going to be very interesting as to how this all plays out. Do you have any guys that they should target? Off the top of your head. Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I, think, I think the backcourt is in need of upgrading. Um, you know, whether or not they, they decide to bring Lonzo back. I mean, I just they – can't, they can't do the Lonzo-Eric blood, so uh, starting backward again, in my opinion. So, I mean – like if CJ McCollum was gettable, like absolutely do that. I mean, I think that would be incredible. Um, I like Buddy Heald a lot. I mean, that, you know, just a knockdown three-point shooter who can shoot off movement, I think, next to Zion is really, really interesting. Um, those are two names right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, anybody who could stretch the floor a little bit, who can play in the pick and roll, I mean, they just need more outside shooting and, and shot creation. That's kind of their two biggest – uh, needs to me yeah open the lane up for uh zion williamson and let him continue to punish the pain as he did this year um yeah i think we we need shooters as well don't we like that consistent three-point spacing that you know i mean at the start of the season we're like well you know stephen adams creates spacing by setting screens and, and being able to do that but the problem with that is that you then don't have anyone that can run off the screens and, and shoot so um that made it a bit more difficult to play him alongside Zion Williamson. Um, what are your thoughts? If you could look into your crystal ball, what do you think of this this season coming? What Are we going to improve? Very early predictions. <laughs> Please. Oh, man. It's, there's, there's, so, there's so much left to be done. I, I just – I don't know if I feel comfortable giving an answer yeah, it's fair. Uh, to that quite yet. Um, I mean, I think – like Willie Green is clearly a better fit for this roster and these guys than Sam Van Gundy. Um, but I just, I just can't give you a real answer without knowing what the roster looks like. Yeah, it is a bit too early. It was probably unfair of me to, to throw that out there, but you know, I, we need some reassurances over here in, in Pell's world. And um, <laughs> we're, we're hoping, <laughs> we're hoping for some success, long suffering, but uh, very, very exciting. Um, so what's been going on with you, Christian? You've been not throwing a few, um, throwing a few articles out there. I've been watching those. They've been fantastic reading, and uh, appreciate you you coming on and doing that. What's coming up with uh, with Nola.com and, and yourself? Man, gearing up for the draft and free agency for sure. I mean, I looked at you know how close the draft is today and had like a minor panic attack. I'm like, oh, basically a week and a half. Like it's already pretty much here. Um, I think this is just going to be a busy next three week, three or four weeks for the Pelicans. I mean, I think 
you know, I expect the roster to look uh, pretty different than it does right now. Um, I mean, I, I would be a little surprised if they stayed at 10. Um, but yeah, man, we got to get through that and then summer league. And then hopefully, uh, you know, a few weeks of downtime because this, <laughs> this last month has just been like, you know, kind of worried about the head coaching hire. It hasn't felt, it hasn't really felt like downtime at all. Yeah, not much of an off season for you guys. You've been <laughs> you've been all over it flat out, um, covering it all. Christian, uh, thank you very much for coming on. It's been fantastic to have a chat with you and pick your brain about all of the uh, the Pels off season and and what we, I suppose, what we hope will uh, will transpire in in uh, in the coming few weeks. Uh, where can we find you? And uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at cclark3000. You can read my work on noel.com. And I really appreciate it, man. It was it was great. Oh, it's been great fun. Um, yeah, it's great to have you on again. And um, yeah, no doubt we'll have to do it again in the future. And hopefully it all uh, pills come together. And uh, we're sitting here this time next year laughing with our championship rings and everyone's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. But thanks again, mate. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. So thanks again to Christian Clark for uh, coming on. Uh, it was fantastic uh, chatting with him and finding out everything that's going on uh, with the Pels at the moment. Uh, obviously coming up with the draft and uh, free agency. So we're very excited. Anyway, guys, I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you again to the sponsors, mybookie.ag and, of course, uh, manscaped.com. Guys, this has been Lyle Swithenbank at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter. Look after yourselves and... Uh, Bye for now. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.